Wait a minute. I don't remember learning anything like that when I was in high school in the 70s. Why do I have to teach it now? Episode 19, Substitute Teacher's Lounge. All right, guys and gals, today's episode, episode 19 of Substitute Teachers Lounge, is about the generation gap. Things we have to teach now that maybe we didn't even learn back when we were in high school. Some of it might make you a little bit squirmy, a little bit uncomfortable, but I guarantee you by the time we're finished, we will all grow in the process together. Let's go back through and mention that my email address is gregcollinssubstitute at gmail.com. Twitter is at subteachlounge, and we also have a Facebook page that's still going well. You can find it at Substitute Teachers Lounge. Now, let me mention something about last week. Last week's episode made me feel super excited and also feel like an idiot at the same time. It makes me feel like an idiot because it took me 18 weeks to get student interviews on the show. And I'm going to tell you some statistics here just in a moment that'll make it obvious that this episode is destined to be probably our most popular so far. Let me tell you what it has done. It reached... 100 listens much faster than any other episode we've ever done. In fact, the episode that it was replaced at the top, it beat it by 50%. So it only took it half as long to get to 100 listens. Also, after only four and a half days, it already had more listens than four of our other episodes from earlier in the season. So I'm very excited about that. It is obvious you guys really wanted to know what te- or what students say about their substitute teachers. And I hope to do that again soon. We are still ironing things out to do that again. But obvious, obviously, it is up to me to make sure that happens. So thanks so much for listening to that episode, and we wish Jonathan and Camden and Lily, I taught Lily again this week, uh, we will see them soon again, I'm sure. Now, Generation Gap, I want you to think about things that were never taught when you were younger, never taught when I was younger. Now, I realize a lot of you out there, I'm going to guess the majority of you out there are younger than me. I went through high school Basically, from 72 through 76, I graduated in 76. When we taught this topic in the 70s, it really wasn't taught. It was a situation where basically the when we were seniors, the teachers would separate from the boys, separate the boys from the girls. We'd go in separate rooms. They would put on the video and at least on the guys in the guys room, there would be some giggles in the beginning and then we would listen to it. And then some of us would act like we knew what was going on. Some would try to show off and that would basically be it. That is the extent of our education. Now, I will say also, you just didn't hear the topic spoken of very much 
my father gave me a book to read. That was his method of teaching me. Uh, I didn't know half the words in the book, so I'm not sure how effective that is. Also, some of us that went to church, it was really never mentioned in church very often because it was just one of those taboo subjects. So we're now in a classroom situation in the year 2019. And let me tell you uh, how this transpired. I have a friend who ran into me at a volleyball game. I was a referee. She was in attendance, and we got to talking. She knew I had been substitute teaching. I knew the type of topic she taught in her class, and she just said, and and she kind of said it jokingly, I think, or tongue-in-cheek, or even just kind of seeing how I would stand on the situation. She said, Greg, would you ever uh, consider teaching my class? And you guys know, I've told you in the past that when I'm asked directly, it is so hard for me to turn it down. And I'll be honest, not just because I don't want to reject another teacher, but I want to expand my horizons. I want new challenges. I want by the time I say my substitute teaching life is over, that I have touched just about all the bases. I have done, sampled a little bit of everything. So my answer to her was, yes, I will be happy to. So that took place this week. The topic was... I won't get too specific. I will just say it was about preventative methods, okay? So that was the topic. Now, first of all, I'll be honest with you. I had a very good student teacher in there that taught everything. Uh, That is what she will be teaching when she graduates, and obviously that was very helpful. I also, I already knew several of the students. The two classes, the two periods that I had to teach this in, was probably about 90%, at least 90%, maybe 95% female. So I'll set the, uh, you know, the base from there. So we began, you know, I I had had, I had uh, discussed with the student teacher before the classes began, you know, we never talked about this when I was young and especially specifically in school. And I know some of these students, so maybe it would be best if I just kind of stand up in the room for a couple of minutes before class starts and just mention that I was appreciative that we had responsible class discussions about these type of topics now, and I'm glad that they were in the class, and maybe jokingly mention, you know, the book that my father gave me. But when I started to do that, it was obvious They were going to take this topic seriously. They were going to discuss it in ways that really caught me by surprise, not from a a critical viewpoint, but from a really wanting to understand everything about the topic that they could. So that's the setup. So here's how the class unfolded. All of the students were given a handout. Basically, we were discussing myths M-Y-T-H-S, I'll spell that out because that word is hard to pronounce in the state of Kentucky, myths, about these uh, preventative measures. So we had several very, very, very specific questions about that. And I saw what I saw unfold was very interesting and very encouraging. It was obvious every student in the room was taking this serious. They wanted to know. They wanted to learn. 
they didn't look up and say to the student teacher, you know, Mr. Collins, there's an older man in this room. He can't be in here while we discuss this. We didn't get that at all. The teacher led them through a discussion. It was very good. And probably the most shocking thing to me was as the class progressed and they were answering true-false or guessing true-false on each question, I think there was like 20 questions. I don't think we finished the whole handout the whole time because there were so many questions to, uh, to address. Some were not reserved or bashful or embarrassed at all to ask questions about definitions. What does this mean? I was surprised maybe at some of the words that they did not know the meaning of. So that was, in fact, one of them uh, is used today in a derogatory way. So I think maybe that's why they were confused. But very good discussions on that. But here's why I shouldn't say shocked. But at the time, I was shocked, maybe surprised that they trusted me and were at ease discussing things with me, including the ones that I knew best, the athletes that I had either umpired or refereed for. I was especially concerned about them because they all know already knew me well, and I was concerned on whether they would be embarrassed to have me in the room for this topic. They were not. In fact, it was just absolutely amazing to me that the girls in those in that room were asking me, specifically asking me, as many questions as they were asking the student teacher. Basically, one of them would ask the student teacher, and while she was tied up answering questions, another hand would go up, and they would, that student would look at me and ask me a question about something. I was... I don't want to say I was reserved at first. I wasn't. I was just surprised that they felt at ease with me and trusted me enough to be willing to learn and discuss topics like that. We also got into some of the procedures later in life that men and women go through. I had a young lady who was actually a teacher's assistant sitting back close to me. That's normally just a senior who helps out in the class. I think this particular class, the students were comprised of mainly freshmen and sophomores. That's the age group we're talking about. So here's what we discussed. We discussed about how she was so excited that topics could be discussed openly like this. That And she enjoyed that. The, the teacher is very good. My, my friend who teaches that class all the time is very good. And that student let me know that. And then we proceeded to talk about a few of the topics in the class, but we even got into things like, you know, how long the adoption waiting list are now and how there is so many families that cannot have children but want children on adoption list and how that could be should be taken into consideration at at certain times of these types and it was just an outstanding well thought through discussion and I will be honest I left the room that day I felt like a much better person than when I went in I will tell you the day before I shared in a more specific way on a private substitute teacher page, not my own, but another one that had followed from the beginning and told them what topics that I would be teaching the next day. Now, to be honest, at that time, I was even a little bit more 
I guess I can use the word nervous about it because I knew that the teacher had had a student teacher in there. I just did not know whether or not that student teacher was still there. So I thought maybe it would be me teaching these subjects. And that that probably would have made it a little different. But I left that classroom that, that day not just satisfied, but inspired that these topics are now taught to our children. Now, let's face it. When I grew up in the 70s, it was a very conservative time about topics like these. They weren't mentioned out in public. Now, they are the topics are generally everywhere. But I'll be honest, when I was back in the 70s, I didn't learn about it in church. I just learned I didn't learn it really from any film in school you know that was just an hour of material and I didn't really learn about it from parents because I really didn't understand it so when all that is going on you know where did I pick up my education it was basically from friends and people that I would hang around with and that type of thing so now I am thankful that we have really good classes to discuss topics such as these in. I thought it was great. It's it's interesting. I taught in that school. I guess it was about three days later, and I noticed that the students that I had met for the first time in that classroom a few days prior, they were coming up to me and speaking to me again. In fact, one of them saw me walking down the hallway about where this teacher's class had been and said, oh, Mr. Collins, are you teaching our class again today? So she certainly wasn't embarrassed to ask me that question. We all enjoyed that class, and we enjoyed being able to share important, extremely important topics like this in an open forum where we could all discuss it. So I left the classroom thinking that we are doing the right thing. I think it is very important to discuss these topics. I hope that you feel the same way. When I had posted on the discussion boards the day prior, I got several different uh, responses. Most, you know, a couple of them were mentioning about how they were surprised that they would have a substitute teacher teach this type of thing. And I made sure they understood that I actually volunteered when I volunteered for the class. I knew what the topics were going to be. So that, that put that behind them. And then we, we talked about how it wasn't talked about in the past, but it's talked about in the future. It's talked about in all medical terms. It's not talked about in any type of off color way, but it is very uplifting. And I admire these students today in that they don't have reservations to talk about any type of topic. I feel like I could really discuss anything with them. I've told you in the past that there's students that come up to me and share personal stories of family and friends and situations. And I am basically just there to listen. You know, if, if, if things need to be addressed, then I don't really offer my opinion as much as I tell them who they should be talking to, like their parents or counselors or depending on the topic. Not all of them are that serious, of course, but who they should be talking to. So, you know, I I, uh, I enjoyed this class. It was I would definitely do it again. Uh, I'm not uh, there's some classes that I tried that I would not say that about. I'm glad I tried them, but it, you know, it wouldn't be at the top of my list. But this class was 
you know, very straightforward and very enlightening. And I think both students and teachers enjoyed it. And we realized that students, if you give them a reason to trust you, they will certainly trust you. They want to know your advice. They know that I'm older than them, a lot older than them, and that I've been through a lot. And they want me to share my old stories. They want me to share previous situations that I've been through and I did. And I would share anything with them that didn't violate anybody's confidence. So I, I really enjoyed that. And I hope you enjoyed this discussion about that today. There's a couple of other topics that came up in classes this week, or just some things I wanted to mention that have changed since I have been school. Obviously, there are a lot of words that have been added to the vernacular or maybe dropped or some words we use differently today than we used to. Back when I was in high school, we used the word gang all the time. We, you know, let's go hang out with the gang. Let's do things with the gang. Let's get the gang together and go to a movie or something like that. You know, I'm trying to, these days, I'm trying to break my habit of even saying that word because it has such a negative connotation in some situations. So that's one of the things that have changed. You know, back when I was in school, you could wear a sweatshirt and a hoodie. Uh, but now uh, some of the middle schools, mostly the middle schools that have dress codes, you know, they're required to keep their hood down so that faces can be identified and that type of thing. So those types of things have changed. One of the big changes that I've noticed here lately is more discuss discussions on vaping. I remember when uh, in the 60s, cig the cigarette culture was becoming extremely popular. You know, you know, if I live in Kentucky, that we're a, a prime tobacco growing state. We didn't have a lot of discussions back then. Now, I will say most of that is because that we didn't know the, the uh, surgical warning items that is now posted on the packages that we have discovered. But, you know, back in the 60s, cigarette smoking was kind of a... In, a, in one respect, kind of a glamorous thing. Even the good old-fashioned shows that I, I used to love to watch and still watch reruns from time to time, like the Andy Griffith Show or the Dick Van Dyke Show, that was actually my favorite. You would see them light up a cigarette in kind of a glamorous way, and there was many uh, tobacco company sponsors back then. Today, you hear more discussions about vaping because that tends to be taking over, I shouldn't say taking over, but a prominent discussion topic for our teenagers. So that's one of the things that is very popular to discuss this day. There was actually a presentation that I've been to while teaching at a school where they talked about it. And, you know, I will say again that the students really wanted to learn. They really wanted to discuss the topic. They wanted to compare the effect that vaping had on you compared to cigarettes and all those types of things. Now, I'm not going to be judgmental here. I just am making observations and what are discussion topics in today's day and time. So obviously that has changed. Vaping, you know, when it was first presented, was an alternative to cigarettes to maybe even help you get off of smoking if you so desired. Now it's become more of a, it's easier to get for teenagers. So there are now school rules that prevent those in a lot of places for teenagers. 
and that's what the hot topic is in that regard today. So that's something else that has changed during the generations. And I might mention one other thing that came up this week that we discussed that the the concept has actually been around for a while, including back when I was in high school, but it never really was discussed that much. And I'm talking about uh, the butterfly effect topic. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the old Ray Bradbury television series that used to be on based on that author and his short stories. There was an episode on there about the butterfly effect. Basically, you know, the concept is something I think it goes back. It was first proposed back in the 50s or something like that about how, you know, maybe a drop of water that landed on the left wing of a butterfly instead of the right might have rolled off been part of a water supply and then created some type of water situation like maybe a typhoon in a foreign country that's why it's called the butterfly effect but to now you know today we used it in discussions in the classroom this week that I had never really used when I was in high school. It's a little bit different than the other topics we discussed in this episode such things as what would happen if things hadn't happened in the way they did. As an example, one example of the butterfly effect is, has to do with Kim Kardashian. It, there's a, a uh, article that you can find in multiple places on the Internet, but it basically addresses the fact that Kim Kardashian probably wouldn't be famous if it hadn't been for the 1970 Buffalo Bills football team. Here's the way that story goes. The Buffalo Bills barely lost a game in 1970. Basically, they missed a bad pass for a touchdown. That loss then allowed them to stay at the bottom of the football rankings and allow them to get the first place or first pick in the football draft. That first pick ended up being O.J. Simpson. So O.J. Simpson stays in Buffalo instead of going to some other town. So he stayed there. He met the wife that he ended up going to trial about for her murder. So he hired the Kardashians' father to be his lawyer. They win that case, of course. You know the history. That made that whole family famous. And then Kim Kardashian becomes famous because her father is becoming famous. And you know the story. She also became famous for other reasons, too. But basically, that's the type of thing that the butterfly effect is. We've talked about that in classes. We've talked about, for instance, if uh, Kennedy had not been assassinated, what would have happened? And you know, I don't want this discussion to be political at all, but I'll just make a fact that Uh, you know, a factual statement that when Johnson took over the presidency, he immediately escalated our involvement in Vietnam. So what, you know, what would have happened if Kennedy had lived, if, if Martin Luther King Jr. had lived, if Bobby Kennedy had lived, how would that affect things? You know, the fact that President Kennedy, if he had not been assassinated and Johnson hadn't become president so quickly, there's actually a strong chance that probably our escalation in Vietnam would not have been as large. Maybe we wouldn't have had as much involvement in that. We don't really know, but those are the kind of discussions that happen in the butterfly effect. I'm going to paraphrase one other political one, because usually when you hear about this, it's in a political environment. And then I'll mention one other Uh, TV show that I would like for you to watch if you're a Stephen King fan that really takes the butterfly effect to a different level. But the other one I heard was 
and you all are going to fuss at me because I can't remember some of the leaders' names, but basically a leader was going to a meeting in a foreign country. His driver took a wrong turn. They ended up on a street where the leader got shot. That ended up creating a political situation between two countries, and then that was the first situation that led to World War One. So can we make the assumption that had that driver not taken a wrong turn, would World War One have even happened, or at least that quickly? I don't know, but, you know, it's kind of fun to have discussions like this, the butterfly effect. You can think back to your life or think back to events from history, and you, sometimes I wonder all the time, you know, what if this hadn't happened? Or even in sports, what if this particular play hadn't happened? You know, you remember the Steve Bartman incident on the Chicago Cubs baseball game. You know, what if that happened? wouldn't have happened? How would things have changed? So I like to have fun discussions like that with the kids, too. I would encourage you, if you are a Kennedy If you'd like to read books on the Kennedy subject, Stephen King, of all people, had written one called uh, 11.22.63. That's periods, I should say. 11 period, 23, 22 period, 63. There is both a book. It's a big book. It'll take you a while to read it. And there is also a TV series. I forget what channel it was originally aired on. It is one of the few TV series. I think it's eight episodes that I actually purchased from Prime Video so I could watch on TV. It deals with the assassination of President Kennedy, but there is a time travel element. And, and you know, that sounds a little hokey at first, but it's actually well done. And it's basically a story about people going back and trying to prevent that assassination from happening. So it is a very enjoyable movie uh, or TV series. I have watched it through several times, but that has a very strong butterfly effect to it too. So that's some of the other things that I never learned when I was in high school. I've learned since then, and I enjoyed teaching it. So I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. I certainly have. I, again, will be looking forward to getting more student interviews. That is obviously what you like. In fact, I'll just go ahead and say it. I enjoy them too. And it's, you know, you, I'm sure you get tired of me getting on here and babbling all the time. So I hope that we can get some more students on here soon. Hope you've enjoyed today's episode. This was episode 19 of Substitute Teacher's Lounge. Music provided by Ben Sound.